This is Ibrox, your weekly Rangers podcast. Hello and welcome to This is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Martin Douglas, and joining me this evening, we have Scott Patterson and Thomas McIntyre. Gentlemen, how are you? Hi, Martin. How are you doing? All right, Tommy? Evening, gents. Doing, doing really well. Um, we need to settle on a Thomas or a Tommy uh, from here <laughs> on in. I think I've been called both and worse by you guys off camera, but nice to, nice to be here. It's just whatever t- tickles your fancy at the time. Is it Thomas? Is it Tam? Is it Tommy? You can call me the, you can call me the Commodore or Domingo Blanc. <laughs> Big T. Um, well, I, I once said that to someone and she replied, uh, I think Teaspoon will be, the, will be the name that we'll be using for you. So um, make of that what you will. Did you ever think, gentlemen, that we would get to episode 20? I think when you when you listen back to episode one, it's um I, we've came on a wee bit, certainly since episode one, haven't we? Just a wee tiny bit. For anybody <laughs> for anybody listening or watching who hasn't heard episodes one to I would say about nineteen, <laughs> I would go back and listen and actually realise just how poor we were at the beginning of this. And I'm gonna let the listeners and viewers into a quick wee secret. On the very first episode, it was me, Scott, and Willie, and I thought I could rock up and do a podcast with no notes or anything, just start. And it right. took us, it took for a 48-minute podcast, Scott, it took us about, what, two and a half hours to record? I, just under two and a half hours, I think it was, I. <laughs> Poor people in the editing house must have been... It was me at the point. time. Well, so of course, someone, that was you. <laughs> someone that listened to that podcast, uh, I think you got about five to seven minutes of usable content yeah. um, <laughs> from that time. But it, well, you guys were the you guys were the founding members. There we go, the founding members, and Indeed. here we are, twenty podcasts, and that's not a bad feat. Can I say it's well done? Really, it's well done. Yeah. Well, and well done to the listeners for. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Sticking <laughs> with us. Sticking with us. Um, but gentlemen, on a wee bit of a serious note, and last week we obviously learned that the sad passing of David Hagen, he was at Rangers for a very short period of time, but he, he had a very good career in Scottish football, you know, he played for Rangers, Hearts, Falkirk, Livingston, Clyde, Peterhead, and he finished his career at Bowness. Now just before we came on, Tommy, I was saying to you that I was obviously too young to see David play, um, and although, like I say, he didn't play a lot for Rangers, he did play quite an integral part in that 92-93 treble winning season. Yeah, um, so let's deal with the most important thing. It's always terribly sad when someone loses their life. And uh, one of the kind of unique things about the, the Rangers family is whether you played for us for a long time or you only played a handful of games or you know whatever, you're always part of that family. And it was nice to see people remembering David Hagen and the outpouring of sympathy uh, and memories and fondness. For him, it's incredibly sad, and a heart goes out to his to his family. Um, I don't think there's much more you can you can add to it. It's a it's a, it's a really personal, kind of intimate tragedy, and uh, I hope his family managed to to find some some solace in the fact that he had uh, put up a, a really strong fight and uh, raised awareness uh, as well. Uh, you know, we've got other people such as Fernando Rickson who've done done likewise. But uh, yeah, it's just t- terribly terribly sad, and heart goes out to the family. And Scott, we're becoming especially the Rangers family, we're becoming all too familiar with, with motor neurons disease now. Um, obviously, Tommy was saying there about Fernando as well, so that's two kind of Rangers players we've had in a very short period of time that have sad, tragically passed away with this horrible disease. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're talking about two guys that are, are sort of mid-40s, I think. Um, David Hager was, was, was 47 when he passed away there last week. Really, really sad. Incredible to think that um, something like that can can have a go, if you like, at, at two guys who were, were really, really fit, particularly Rickson, who I think is the one that's kind of in everyone's memory because he was captain and, and it's so recent. But um, David Hagen was, was quite a highly rated uh, youngster at Ibrox when he was coming through. And um, as you rightly say, Martin, he was involved in that that treble winning season. Um, so, yeah, really sad for, for his family in the first instance, of course. Um, and I think, if anything, um, it does raise an awareness for, for MND. Um, it really does. It's just tragic that we, we have to lose people in the manner and the general deterioration that it sadly brings for, for them in the first instance and the family that has to deal with that. So, yep, really sad. I think I, I speak on behalf of everyone tonight that um, our thoughts definitely go directly to, to the Hagen family right now. Absolutely, 100%. And <clears throat> at the time as well, just, just quickly on this, Tommy, at the time, 92, 93, and I've heard this, other Rangers fans and other Rangers podcasts talk about this. We had an extremely good team, just to put it mildly, at that time. And for anybody to break through for the youths, we've seen how difficult it is now, but to break through into the youths in that time, when we were winning everything and we were the most dominant team in Scotland, and I suppose you could say one of the most dominant teams in Britain, was some feet. Definitely. It speaks to his... His character, more importantly, you know, I think the point you're making there as well speaks to his talent. Uh, especially, you know, never want to criticise Walter Smith or anything like that, but not completely known for his give youth a chance mm-hmm. uh, vibe during that, that period, shall, shall we say. Um, I know somewhere Sunday we'll be checking up to see how many youth <laughs> uh, come back at me. But yeah, yeah, that's the that's you know one of the reasons why uh, you know David Hagen was remembered as well because he did manage to force himself into a side that was perpetually winning, that was full of strong players, but also really strong characters and really strong bonds. It's hard, hard to break into that in any kind of walk of life, never mind addressing them. And he managed to do it and he went on to have a, a really successful career at the clubs that you mentioned at the very beginning, uh, Martin. So, yeah, I mean, nobody can ever take away the facts from David's family that he pulled on those jerseys through merit. He wasn't given anything. He went out and got it. And, yeah, I think that's not a bad legacy. Absolutely. And like you have said, our thoughts and condolences, obviously, are with David's family at this at this sad, sad time. And also, I think it was you that mentioned it, Scott, Fernando Rickson. He would have been 44 this week. Yeah, I mean, I just think I, I saw this week that he would have been 44. And, um, well, I... Uh, sort of social media guys put out something on, on Twitter, a really sort of poignant montage about his his career. Um urge anyone to to jump on and have a look at it. And when you look at it, it's still really, really hard to fathom how a footballer can can waste away in, in the manner that, that Fernando Rickson does. Um it's to, to even look at it now it's it's quite heartbreaking to see his last trip to Ibrox and, and he's getting carried down. Bob Malcolm's there, Jury's there, big James Beatty's got him on his shoulders at one point as well. And you just think, my goodness, how can that happen to someone who was such a vibrant character when he was at Rangers and, and suddenly 
this is what has, has happened to him. So tragic. And as I say, I think the, the death of both these guys, Fernando Rickson and David Hagen, has, has just raised awareness of, of motor neuron disease once again um, for sportsmen. Not just sportsmen, of course. It can affect anyone in everyday life. But I think from, from our purpose and what we're speaking to just now, the Rangers family feel it hard just now. Absolutely. And I hope it continues to raise awareness because it's certainly something that, that needs as much funding and as much help as it can it can get. Indeed. Um, right, guys, we'll move on to the Coventry game. Now, it feels like about 16 years ago we played this <laughs> game because there's been so much happening in between. Um, but, uh, in fact, Scott, I'll start with you because I said I would start with Tommy on this, so I thought I'd change it up and <laughs> make it a bit more exciting. <laughs> make it a bit more exciting. But <clears throat> if we go back to the, the starting lineups, um, I think that's pretty much as close as to what our starting lineup's going to be going forward. So I think the, the team that started Coventry will be the team that starts on Saturday lunchtime. It'll, it'll be as, as close to it as you can get, assuming Alfredo sticks around till the weekend. Um, I think that the the performances of Joe Aribo over pre-season is, is the one bright, bright light that I think we can look at the preseason has has brought to us as Rangers supporters. Aribo looks like he's he's absolutely ready to go, one hundred percent. He knows what he has to do. He knows his role at the club. Um, I think you're going to see him as a really important player for Rangers this season. I think he's been excellent preseason. Took his goal at the weekend really really well. Um, it was a classic preseason game. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if Tommy will agree. I didn't think there was a, was a lot to it as far as. Um, entertainment was concerned. Aribo's goal was good. They set up play with, with Morelos, but I felt the, the game itself was a bit of a classic pre-season damp squib, if you like. Now, Tommy, just before you come in there, now, I know it's not like Rangers fans to maybe overreact <laughs> to anything, especially friendlies, you know, but getting into that friendly, were you expecting it to be as docile as it was? Pretty good ones. <laughs> I've been beating the Tommy calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with pictures of me? Uh, <laughs> and listeners, that's a, that will be available on my personal website. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly that. I think we can all, we can all be sick with that one. Um, no, but I think you're right. It, it, it was toothless. It was docile or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that. I think it had that end of preseason feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you tend to find mm-hmm. players come into the first couple of um, preseason games. You know, like the Viola trophy and stuff like that, where they've got a point to prove, they want to get in the manager's thinking and all that. And with Scott, that team that started will be the team, um, subject to Alfredo Melos's, well, he won't he, <clears throat> conversation at the moment. And um, if anybody, if that was to happen, anybody was to come in to replace that, because um, I'm not entirely convinced with Jermaine Defoe's injury and stuff like that, then anybody else would naturally be your number nine. We can discuss that later, I suppose. But yeah, it did it had a it's one of those ones that um the moment sorry the the game is purely defined by the moments that were in it. It sounds like a strange comment, but you couldn't remember really that game in and of itself, mm-hmm. as, as Scott says. Lovely we interplay around about the box with I think it was um uh Morelos and, and uh, Joe Rebo. Um beyond that, maybe one or two wee bit of passing moves. Uh, yeah, nobody got injured uh, type of scenario again. Alan McGregor would play great. 
people at Pellander came on. It was more about the players, you know. Mm-hmm. People at yeah. Pellander came on, looked rusty as a gate <laughs> the first uh, two minutes. I think two guys just absolutely went by him and battered him out of the way yeah. the first minutes. But uh, I, it's one of those ones. Listen, nobody gets no fresh injuries. Everybody gets minutes in the legs. Um, it would have been maybe nicer for uh, Alfredo to bang one in. Um, but all eyes on Pitori. Sim- simple as that. That's it. Done and dusted. Move on. Yeah. Was it no slightly concerning, though, Scott, the performance, especially in the first half, because Coventry made a lot of changes in the second half, but was the performance no slightly worrying, considering that Coventry had literally just started their pre-season? Well, perhaps you could argue that. I, 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 felt, I, I did feel we were, we were quite off it. To be honest, I, I don't know why. I, I don't think there was any real rhyme or reason for it. Playing in front of an empty Ibrox, maybe. Um, I, I just didn't think they looked like they were particularly at it. Um, whether Coventry changing the team at, at, at halftime helped us or not, I'm not entirely sure. But um, they just looked a bit lethargic, I felt. Um, certainly not a, not a performance you would like to take up the road. Um, at the weekend, there's there's no two ways about that. Um, but I, I just felt that it was almost just a case of going through the motions. I think Tommy's absolutely right. We kind of another sort of ninety minutes or sixty minutes in the legs for some of these guys, um, and the chance for some of the guys who haven't played a lot preseason to get a run around. And Tommy, if he takes his form from preseason into the start of the season and is consistent throughout the season, what a difference a year makes for Joe Rebo because. We've seen flashes last season where he played really well, but then he would be out for three or four games. You wouldn't really see much of him. But if he continues the form that he started pre-season with, what a difference. Well, I think, yeah, probably a slight, maybe word that slightly differently uh, in that we all knew that level of talent was there. You speak to it, there was, there was flashes. I think it's just the, the consistency and being able to deliver in the big moments and all that kind of good stuff that Stephen Gerrard likes to speak about. We all knew the talent's in there, um, or talent was in there, I should say. Um, he utilised that time, you were saying that he was maybe slightly inconsistent last season to actually break into the Nigeria squad, so not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I get some of that was based on his Charlton performances, not as well, right? Fair play. Uh, but, yeah, if he can, if he can be that goal-scoring link from midfield, slightly forward of the midfield, however you want to play it, and start to chip in with 10, 12 goals a season. More, happily take more, right? But that's maybe kind of a floor for it. Then we'll get an absolute find. Uh, if he scores another couple on the international stage, young boy, literally, excuse the pun, you know, world at his feet and all that kind of uh, nonsense when it comes to football players. Uh, I do love a that sounds like a mainstream media pun, to be honest with you, so I apologise to everybody. Um, actually, I just remembered who I am. I apologise to nobody. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal player, I think. And I mentioned this, I, I referenced it last week as well. Beyond the headlines of great link-up play, lovely little touches, stronger than he looks, up for the fight and scoring goals... I think he will win some amount of penalties. Well, probably in Europe because he might not get the ones that he deserves in Scotland. Uh, and I'm sure we'll touch on Mr. Clancy and all that in a wee while. Um, <laughs> but also that being able to beat one or two players and have the speed of thought and the speed of ability with guys like Morelos, who's shown that he's got it, and to a more extent or larger extent, guys like Yanis Hadji, 
in the box when it's a packed mid-table or you know team in Scotland, being able to unlock the wee tight defences is exactly what we need from last season. And if we can get that type of thing, then we're, we're really, really rocking. But I, to go back to your, your original question, um, didn't take didn't take them long to go off track. Uh, dynamite player, and if we can get the best out of them, then we are looking at a fully, absolutely established leader for the Nigerian team as well, who will only grow in value. It's just it's that simple. He is going to have a real resale value, and he, at some point he will probably leave range if he keeps up. No bad thing. We make a profit, we all move on. And that's why the listeners and viewers keep coming back, Tommy, for insight like that. That's exactly what it is. Well, I, 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 for anybody who's listening to this, right, both Scott and Martin are sniggering whilst they're delivering that, that comment to me. So it may sound like they're being sincere, but uh, I trust me, they are absolutely not. And if, uh, if the lines go dark midway through this, it's because I'm sending a drone. Uh, also, Scott, one thing I don't, I've don't i not heard a lot of people talk about that I don't think Aribo gets enough credit for is the way that he, he wins the ball back. He's fantastic at putting the foot in and making a challenge. And not just making the challenge, but winning the ball back. I think the the um, the general improvement in Aribo's all-round game since he arrived at Ibrox last year has been absolutely incredible. I'll, and I'll, we, we often, as football fans, we often speak about people being the first name in the team sheet. Gerard's obviously got his favourites that he's done last year. So McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Ryan Jack, Morelos. I would suggest now that Aribo is one of these guys now. I think you'll see Joe Aribo play more often than not. I think you're right, Martin. Last season he was used um, almost as and when we thought we could do with the luxury of maybe having him in there as a flair player. But I think as the as the season progressed and by all accounts, Gerard has, has spoken really highly of how hard he's worked during COVID and the lockdown. If he's got himself up onto a, a standard of maybe better fitness and worked in elements of his game that were maybe lacking a little bit, um, he's, he's really hit the ground running. As I say, pre-season for Joe Rebo has looked really, really special. And if he takes that to, to Pataudry and the next six months or so, then he'll, he'll certainly do for me. If I can just jump in there, just... just... No. That because I it's too late. <laughs> you have to get in before I start. It's too late. Um, it's you know like a, like a meter. Um, yeah, I was just, no, I was backing up exactly what Scott was saying because I think he hit the nail on the head there. Whilst Joe Rebo, like any other player on the planet, will have the odd bad game, I don't think we will ever see him have such a out of place game as the two 0 game against Celtic Ibrox. Yeah, when he looked absolutely lost. Yeah, a few, he did. A fair few players looked lost that day as well, but he looked like he was, didn't know what to do, overwhelmed by the situation, overwhelmed by everything happening around him. I don't think you'll ever see that level of uh, poor performance from Joe Rebo again. But I think that season, last season, he also proved, Tommy, that he, he can pull out a performance against Celtic. The game at December, I thought it was excellent. And I, I think when people talk about that game in December, one of the things everyone will remember is when he dropped, he took the ball on his toe right out the sky halfway through the first half. Um, just a, a, a chap who is quite clearly or was at that point relying on his confidence to even try and do that in an old firm game. Goodness me, fair play to him. I, I genuinely believe we've got a, a real wonderful footballer this season who could be really pivotal in whatever we go on to do this year. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been a habit moment for me. That ball would have ended up I'm right. Actually, I hit something in the stand, right? Because I tried to <laughs> blast it and I'd done my ankle in, falling over. I mean, 
Claimed a, a seizure. Claimed <laughs> <laughs> the insight in the basement. No, you're absolutely spot on. And I remember the moment you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt he's... I, you know, really... Do you know, actually, sorry to go off track a wee bit, Martin, but I said last week that I thought, and I stand by this comment, that Yanis Hadji is the best technical footballer at the club. Can, I, I don't think Joe Rebo must be that far behind. I think he'd be in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. See, I never heard last week because I was off, because I was out, I was outvoted. And I wasn't allowed to host the podcast. Um, Whoa, he's, he's, he's not over it. He's not over <laughs> it. No, but in all seriousness, it was my wee girl's birthday last week, and Scott quite kindly gave her a shout out. And I sat her down and I put her in front of the big telly and I put the podcast on the telly. And she went, Oh, I'm famous. Thanks very much to Moby for giving me a shout out. <laughs> but, but the professor's my favourite, as we discovered um, during the week, Tommy. See, everybody, do you know what she's got taste is? is <laughs> you know, I, it's hard to be surprised. Ah, no. <laughs> but my modesty says that I should, I should, um, I should say, it's a team effort, and we're all absolutely in it together. And I am very thankful you guys put up with me. Well, that's, that's a, nice. That is nice, isn't it? That is no, no, fair play. Do you know what that is? That's a brilliant segue. All right. Uh, <laughs> then you go and spoil it. <laughs> this is what you do. You draw me in, and, and, yeah, and then you spoil it. Right, you are, yeah, yeah. Let's Team, move on. Teamwork and all in it together. Scott is Alfredo Morelos. Morelos all in it with the the, the Rangers team. Or are we going? Is that the last we're going to see him? Hold on, just just Scott. Just because he started it right, he said Morelos. Right, just oh Morelos. <laughs> Morelos. This is a real conundrum for Rangers fans just now, isn't it? There, there's no two ways about it. I don't think there's a there's necessarily a right or a, a wrong answer for it. Personally, I think he is making noises for, for moving away. Um, and who can blame him? He put up with a lot of crap last season. And I just don't know if he fancies it for another year. Um, I think if we can get a, 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 a bid of sorry, 15 million upwards, then he'll be away. If it was to come in before the Aberdeen game, He'll be away before the Aberdeen game, I think, personally, because I think his manner just now is the fact that he would like to go. He would like to go to Pastors New. He would like to try something new. And um, you can't really fault him for that. I saw a lot of um, stuff on social media about when he came off against Coventry the weekend. He was he was sort of a wee bit scunnered and he wasn't happy coming off, which he clearly wasn't. But... I put that more down to the fact that he's not really scored during pre-season. I don't think he's played particularly badly. I think he's worked his socks off in almost every game he's played. And I I personally think that if we are to replace Morelos, it's going to be really, really hard to get someone who is or has rather the the similar qualities, I think, as opposed to bringing in one guy to replace Morelos, you'll maybe get two strikers in to replace Morelos and try and get a mixture of both. Before we jump forward to the preview in the Aberdeen game, Tommy Scott brought up there, if he's not sold, he'll definitely be in the squad for the Aberdeen game, he'll definitely be starting. With all the circus surrounding Morelos and the mentality that we've seen from Morelos, if he's not sold, would you be comfortable with him starting the Aberdeen game? The interesting question. I get your, I get your point. Um, could he play it up? Will he be deeply unhappy? Will he put in the performance and all that type of thing? I believe Alfredo Morelos is a professional. Mm. Um, and I believe that if he's chosen, it's because he's shown it in the training in the week leading up to it. Ultimately, though, as well, the flip side of that question is, he's not sold. 
right, if he's still on the roster, who would you choose ahead of him? Greg Stewart. <laughs> there you go. I mean, to be fair, Greg Stewart had a really good game against Apple team right, uh, last season as well, but Greg Stewart's not, it's not a number nine, and more importantly, he doesn't give to, to Rangers what Alfredo Morelos does. I think as long as we've got Morelos, he plays. I know all that uh, subject to, you know, will he throw toys at the pram or will he not play with the same thunder because he's protecting himself so he might pick up an injury because he wants to go illegal or whoever, right? Type of thing. And I'm with Scott. I, I feel like Alfredo Morelos is, is probably as clearly as he possibly can, you know, made it quite clear that he wants to go. Yeah. Right? And that's fine. That's, you know, no, no bad vibes there. It's up to every professional and he wants to go and um, try his hand in a different league where he'll get more money and instantly be in the Champions League because Lille are a Champions League team. I mean, pretty sure they qualified for the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, a fair play, and Rangers get a big fat profit. So that's welcome to the business model, folks. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, so, that's no bad thing. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a no brainer for me because we don't have anybody else. And quite frankly, even if you could say a Greg Stewart or play some sort of different formation up, up top. There's nobody I trust more if he keeps the head to rail up the back four or disrupt, rail up's the wrong phrase, disrupt the back four, that deep line back four yeah. that Aberdeen will absolutely 100% play. Yeah. You keep, you keep Morelos and he's, he's down there on the, the starting team sheet every day of the week. So it's simple as that. The wider question, as you were mentioning there, is if the bid comes in and maybe a wee bit more gregarious when it comes to the, what I would sell Alfredo Morelos for I think 15 is phew, really my floor really really my floor you'd have to send me some flowers and wine and dine mm. me in a nice fresh restaurant and show me your sell-on value and show me your, your add-ons uh, so to speak um, you know, scores in the Champions League and get, get money and stuff like that um, but there's if you if you've got that I'm struggling to articulate what I was thinking there but if you've if you're looking about the, the dressing room and you're, you're kind of casting about and you're thinking, well, what else would I play in terms of if it's a Greg Stewart or a Yanis Hadji pushed for the forward or a Brandon Barker or whatever, you're going to absolutely have to change the way Rangers play. Mm. And more importantly, change the way they've played in pre-season. And I haven't seen anything that mandated a different system. Or or you guys challenge me. Is no, but I suppose the the thing you've got to look at is this, is, this clearly must have been a bid that's came totally for left field because there's, there's no part of me that thinks well three two days a day before the Aberdeen game we sell Morelos and we've got nobody to play up front this is Ibrox but Scott just just quickly something that Tommy mentioned there um with Morelos wanting to leave and obviously if you if you get a bit for a, not a bigger club but a club with more money who can offer you a better wage and it's a better league you're gonna go but also He's had to put up with some amount of shite since he's came to Scotland. Absolutely. Whether it be people driving past in cars, screaming up your something, signs up calling his mum a mattress, newspaper articles basically being racist towards him. So yeah. we can't really blame Morelos for wanting to leave. I, but I, I, it's, it's all the unspoken truth, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot of things there that um, people in this country are, I just don't think will be prepared to admit actually happened. If Morelos does go, whether it's before or after the Aberdeen game, Tommy, who are we looking to bring in? Who do you expect to see come through the doors at Ibrox? Well, I, I, 
you know, it's, <laughs> split personalities here because um, with all due deference to those of uh, who have mental health issues. Um, as a podcaster and someone who likes to talk about Rangers and all that kind of stuff, I love a, an ITK leak. I, I don't really, but I love it. But I, I prefer much uh, much more the the new vibe around about Rangers with stories don't particularly leak. It's only the ones that Rangers want to leak mm-hmm. um, that, are, that are passed out to, um, to, to, to those in the know and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which is no bad thing, right? Sick and tired of seeing everything that was happening in the direction of leaking everywhere. The name that does seem to cycle back up continually is Kmar Roof. Really good player. Is he consistent and prolific enough? Maybe get a wee, wee question the answer, but there's no doubt in the boy's talent. Maybe over the last two seasons he's been consistent. <clears throat> Yeah, so the Anderlecht and the... No, last Leeds. season at Leeds. Yeah, yeah um, before that, he wasn't particularly pro- prolific. Um, uh, you know, I think he stats for single figures for a lot of seasons as well. So, anyway. And then you've got... We know that there was a interest in Vidra, for example. And then there'll be a host of other names that nobody is even alighted upon, uh, which is no bad thing. The question... And I, t- I touched on this last week as well, so not to replay the same conversation but they all seem decent names maybe I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Hedra to be honest with you right but um, I will take a Luis Suarez uh, <laughs> if like, right, really just to see him sink his teeth into something but, um, <laughs> but if you've got Jermaine Defoe out for an injury as well you know if you wanted that Stephen Gerrard Stephen Gerrard wanted those three things right ABC options um, I sometimes forget this is video of that Luis ABC <laughs> And which was A is your Morelos, your your number nine, your number one guy. Two was your um, your veteran striker who's been there, done that penalty box predator. And then you wanted a, an option C, a target man or something like Alan Dykes. Well, actually, you know, I said this last week, so I'm trying to do a faster version. Morelos goes, you need to replace that, right? And that's the headline act. But you also need to replace what's in the acoustic tent, which is Jermaine Defoe because he's getting injury. So do you still want that option? And then you want to dab that Lyndon Dykes um, guy outside on the street with a banjo option. Um, so you're going to bring that in as well. Or are you resetting what you expect from your number nine? Do you want another Alfredo Morelos for somebody in that mould? Or do you want to do something totally different? And it might be that some of the names that crop up on the list or the rumour factory, if he is indeed sold, might surprise everybody because Steven Gerrard might end up saying, you know, Buff was great and he was here and I had to work with him, right? The manager's job, couldn't replace him immediately and Alfredo Morelos was doing a job. But actually now I've got a chance and I've got some shekels, I want to go in the direction that I've always wanted to go, which was somebody totally different, a different type of player or that final part of the puzzle that he doesn't think Morelos uh, is. I mean, I think Steve Gerrard likes Mary Loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure he likes him personally. No. You know what I mean? I think there's too many letdowns in there. But he likes his style. I would say you're looking at it with its style. Run the channels, spread the play, bully people, but also have an eye for goal. Um, they don't go on trees. Um, and it'll have to be somebody that hits the ground running as well because Rangers can't afford to bed in somebody. So it needs a striker who's going to start banging them in. Uh, so I think... In a perfect world, Steve Jarrett wouldn't like to... He might have been happy to lose Alfred Morelos. Let's call a spade a spade. But he, the timing of it has got to have been grating on him. 
because you're going to put Audrey and Saturday and then you've got a bedding in period. And that's the that's the thing, right? So I'm waxing on a little bit more than I wanted to there, but it's less about Alfredo Morelos for me now because I think Alfredo's already on the boat, right? He wants to go, right? He sees his career somewhere slightly different. Fair play, no no arguments, right? No bad wishes there. All the best, Buff. You did a great job. You've put up with a lot of the, the nonsense that Scott referenced and some of the ingrained stuff. Uh, we're getting a bad rap from referees and the media and stuff like that, you know, street value and all that kind of all that kind of nonsense, uh, borderline stuff from people like Bill Lakey and all that. Um, whilst you've also delivered in terms of developing as a player and setting records in Europe and you get your big move, right? Well, big in, you know, kind of terms. I've just done that for you, just Scott, with the, the fingers, right? Uh, because Rangers are bigger than me, in my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. But he does that. So I think Gerard would have been probably happy to, to have lost him, right? And get a good amount of money. But the timing of it, I think mm-hmm. if Steven Gerrard is going to lose him, he wants to lose him before pre-season or right at the start. Mm-hmm. Like COVID-19 is not helping with that because clubs are trying to frantically replan when they know money's coming in and what's happening with that court case and are we still in the same league and all that kind of nonsense, right? But now Steven Gerrard's staring down the barrel of my number two, uh, Jermaine Defoe's getting an injury. My number one might go. I don't have a natural backup to either of those two and I'm going to have to cast about to get somebody agreed over the line, get them at least one training session, at least, and then get them into what could be kind of one of the hardest away games of the season. Uh, and a game, really, that Rangers need to pick up three points with and get in. So a lot of expectation on whoever comes in shoulders as well. It's the timing is the thing, not the loss of the player. It's the timing of the loss, potentially. We're just talking about that timing, Scott. Yes. Um, do you expect, regardless of what happens with Morelos, to see at least one or two signings, maybe before or just after the Aberdeen game? Because even if we don't sell Morelos, yep. if in the Aberdeen game somehow somebody comes through the vacuum and breaks his leg, we're still we're, we're then still in the same position than as if we'd sold him. So are you expecting to see one or two signings pretty pronto? I would. I think there's a good chance you'll see two in anyway. Um, whether it'll be sort of this side of the Aberdeen game or not, I think is up for debate. But I think you'll see two in certainly. Um, I think if I can just go back to the Aberdeen game, and well, I personally think if Morelos is fit and um, willing to travel, almost that he should definitely go and play. I just wonder how risky it would be to to maybe play if Morelos wasn't in the right place or was sold between now and Friday. What the chances of him playing Hadji as a false nine and moving Aribo to the opposite side of Kent, and then just putting maybe someone else in the midfield, a Stephen Davis alongside Jack and Kamara. Um, if Morelos was to be sold between now and Friday, um, now and Saturday rather, uh, I, I think Hadji could probably fill a role. But ultimately, do you know, it's like any other visit to Pataudry. I don't care who's in charge of them, when it is, if there's one fan in the stand or the maximum of half a dozen, um, ultimately you have to go up there fully prepared, fully strength, fully strength squad, and you have to go in with your best 11. Morelos has to play if he's here come Saturday. But what we've seen, Tommy, during the Coventry game was when he brought Morelos off, he put Hadji up front. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Hadji's not a talented guy and can play in a number of positions, but he's, he's not an out-and-out striker. No, no. He's not no. Romania, he's not done anything. So it's horses for courses. Just whilst I remember, um, because this is broken over the last 30, 35 minutes or whatever, 
Um, we're talking about strikers. Looks like Sam Cosgrove's out for four months. Oh, so right. I don't think Sam Cosgrove will be playing against us come this mm. Saturday, which is a real big blow for Aberdeen. Yeah, uh, right. you know, talking about strikers and replacing them. I don't think Aberdeen will get anybody on their books so who can have a season like he had last year. Mm. Massive, massive blow for them. Um, uh, you know, yeah, leave it at that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't doubt the range of players who can get goals, right? And we can win the game without Alfredo Morelos. But that wasn't the, the question. The question was, or originally, the genesis of the question was, do you start Alfredo Morelos? Yes. Okay. Why do you start Alfredo Morelos? Because he's the best striker at the club. And not only that, he provides, you could argue, I mean, the was a better finisher and all that type of thing. You know, probably agree with you. Um, but Alfredo Morelos with those, now that he started to do it again, those spraying balls diagonally and pulling defenders out of the way and just his all-round ability to shake up a back four, which Jermaine Defoe doesn't possess. Right? No. Simple as that. You don't go into battle without him, but I will take a beat on, maybe I didn't cover it in my first answer, which maybe was in your question, Martin, which is, do you have to absolutely assess where Alfredo Morelos' state of mind is if he has made it very clear to the club in vociferous terms, I'm away, or whatever the uh, the phrase would be, um, I'm Oski, and I'm absolutely not happy to play because I risk an injury and all that type of thing, which is you know legitimate if he signs you know or in the process of signing something else, all that kind of stuff. Um, I do, do you are you forced is the better way to put that in my mind actually? Would Stephen Gerrard be forced to say he's not even in a match day squad because you don't you don't put him on the bench? If you have you if you've got that worry, you just don't take him. Give it to somebody else who's willing to put their heart and soul on it. Well, for me, the, the the big thing is Gerard came out after the game against Nice. I think it was. I can't remember if it was Nice or Leon, and he made a big point about talking about the youth players. And if they're not fully motivated and fully determined, then they don't get a chance in the first team. Now, Scott, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but when it first broke, we all heard that. The personal terms are already agreed. They were just waiting on the teams to agree a fee. Yeah. I haven't heard that before, right? But see if that is the case. Nobody's going to then suggest to me that if it's a 50-50 in the last minute, if he wins the ball, we go through and go and scores. It's going to take that 50-50. So if you're already set in a way and you've, you're confident you're signing for another team, there's no way you're 100% committed to a football game. I think um, it goes back to the question that, that sort of... Um, you asked Tommy, and, and the first thing Tommy said was, "He's professional, so you need to you need to almost hope in a situation like that that he he continues to maintain that sort of professional attitude that, that he does have." Do you know what I mean? Um, so while I, I I get where you're going, I I think you have to rely on um, him being as professional as what he can be, and if it was a fifty fifty, he, he would make sure it wasn't. How professional would you be, Tom, if it was your last day at your job and you were going to treble your wages, but there was a chance of you getting an injury? Uh, what have you heard about my job? Uh, <laughs> well, I'd be doing my usual, obviously, which is stealing staplers and corners. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's the thing. You, you get that. So I understand if somebody's in the process of just about signing a contract to go into a club that they take a wee beat, right? And they might still train really hard and they might be professional and all that, but human beings are human beings. Football players aren't anything special and they aren't anything different in that if it's a really tasty 50-50 coming up, somewhere in that person's mind would be, well, I don't want a cruciate or a mm. bad injury and my, my deal with my other club gets ripped up. 
you know, until it's signed, you're not in, the, you're not in that club until you're registered. So, um, but that's one for the manager. The manager has to look the player in the eye, he has to speak to the player, he has to watch him train and then say, can I rely on this guy? Because Rangers need to go on without Alfredo Morelos if Alfredo Morelos is willing to go on without Rangers. So uh, that's, that's the be all and end all. And then that's when you come to the question of, can I rely on this guy for 90 minutes or whatever to go in there, to put his heart and soul in it, leave it all on the pitch, maybe get me a winner, get me a few goals, rough people up, or is he going to be going through the motions because we do not have the type of squad that can afford anybody going through the motions. So then you start to cast about and you say, somebody less talented, but they'll give me the, 90, the, the 100% versus somebody really talented who'll give me the, the 60%. Well, I'll go with the endeavour. Thank you very, very much, because that means more in this particular arena. And endeavour is really important against Aberdeen. So, yeah, there we go. Well, one transfer that's been confirmed is the signing of Leon. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Balagoon. Balagoon, I think that's it. Centre-back who was um, who came from Wigan. Um, Scott, we spoke with Willie Urban for the Rangers Youth Updates when we first heard about the Katic injury. Yep. Um, now, f- for all we've seen him, he's just obviously finished playing, so he's match fit, he's ready to go. But was it the right decision to bring in another centre-back? Um, I was a wee bit surprised that they, they, they brought the, the new fella in. I'll tell you why, because I, I, I think Lewis Mayo's um, fared reasonably well um, during pre-season. It, it kind of strikes me as he will maybe be farmed out on loan for a season, maybe in a similar way to your Kellys and your Robbie McCrory's have indeed done. Um, I think it now gives us a, another strong option at centre-half, a guy with international experience, English football experience as well, which is so much better than what we do up here. Like it or not, it's just the way it is. Um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll add something that we don't have at the moment. I think that there must be a concern over Katic when he comes back, what he's going to be like. Um, and you just wonder about the, the fitness of, of Hellander. Now, I'm a huge fan of Hellander. I think everyone knows that. I think he's the best defender at the club. I just wonder if they felt he was fitter or than he actually maybe is, would they have went and bought in someone with so much experience? Suggests to me that Balogun will maybe be used more regularly than what people maybe expect. Is there also a wee shot in the arm, Tommy, for George Edmondson as well? Because I, I don't know about you, but I've been pretty impressed with George um, in the pre-season friendlies and stuff like that. But that's a uh, Leon, I'm going to call him Leon because I just butcher that surname, right? He's, a, correct me if I'm wrong, a Nigeria international. Um, yeah, I think he's got about 30, 32 caps in there somewhere. Like Scott says, played in, played in England, um, vastly experienced. So you have to expect he's going to play this season. Um, and I should well, also well, mention it's just a one-year deal he's got as well. Yeah, but I think I think it's got an option of a second year. Has it got an option? Yeah, um, but but you're right. It's a standard one year with, a, with an option of another one. I think he's thirty-two, so he's not he's not old. Um, I think he maybe came in to Brighton just as Conor Goldson was leaving. So I'm not entirely convinced that we ever played together or anything like that. Uh, I think you get Darmstadt, Mainz. Um, I want to say Hanover, but I might be wrong with that off the top of my head. I think it's maybe Werder Bremen or something like that that he was at as well. Um, he played for these these clubs. He's been about, like I said, played at Brighton as well, uh, down at Wigan. Uh, you could make the argument it doesn't look like he ever settled at a club, but that's <laughs> maybe one for the maybe one for the pot there. 
Um, he's exactly what Rangers need right now, and that he's another experienced centre half. By all accounts, he is a very, very good player. And from what I've seen, he looks like a really good player as well. Um, I share the same concerns as Scott with Philip Hellander. He's got a spotty record, let's say. He's not quite sickly child yet, but he's got a bit of a cough uh, type of thing. And it's a pity because I, I do think he's arguably the best centre-back at the club, Philip Hellander. Um, well, he should be because he's the most expensive. Uh, yeah, but then maybe that's not saying saying much, um, you know, given the spend <laughs> of, of, of the club currently. Um, but I get, I, I get your point. It's a, it's a valid one. It's a, it's a fair challenge. Um, Edmondson, yes, continues to impress. A bit sloppy on the ball sometimes in pre-season as well. Um, and let's say he gets himself out of jail. But that doesn't happen all the time. You know, at some point you, you get caught. Goldson appears unassailable in his position, which is the number one pick. Mm-hmm. The only way that Goldson won't play is if he's injured or suspended. Yeah. Um, and then Katic, absolutely, he's, he's, uh, he's just on the watch list, unfortunately, which is can he come back as well as he was uh, and then he, you know, these things, it's a, it's a two-year injury, really. Yeah. For a lot of reasons in that. It's the year to recover, and then people are watching you for the second year to say, is he the same player? Right? And you have to put up with that. Well, he was never the same when he came back, you know, commentary. Um, but he's young and he's strong, and hopefully that works for him. So, Balogun, um, and I'll take a stab at, at his pronunciation <laughs> here, um, uh, LB, um, is exactly what we need. We've got another experienced centre-back in who, hasn't cost us anything. Let's remember here, a Nigerian international at 32 years of age hasn't cost us a penny, right? To come in, we've got him for a year, so a try before you buy type of thing, right? And he could slot in really nicely next to Connor Goldson. So I think actually what you're looking at is a right now, certainly for the start of the season, it's a three-way fight, and the fights between Balogun, Edmondson. Well, it's not a three-way fight, it's a two-way fight because Goldson's got the, uh, got the other position. It's just Balogun and Edmondson. Mm-hmm. Katic is on the, the, the watch list and Helander has to get his fitness up. You know, against Coventry was the first time he played. So he's not going to be making appearance for maybe the first three weeks, let's say, or the first three games because you don't throw a guy in like that. You'll have to play catch-up. And then you've got to, to Rangers hold off for a wee while to see how all that works before they do a Lewis Mail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, loan, or do they keep Mayo and loan out somebody like a Ross McCrory and all that kind of stuff? Um, I, that all seems relatively reasonable to me. I don't think we'll see an all defender coming in. Let's put it that way. Well, also it looks as if, and we've spoke about this this guy before, Bagani Zungu. Um, it's looking pretty much Scott like that's a done deal. Um, but but again, is that the position that we should be looking to strengthen? Well, I, I think the the the, the Zungu deal is, is quite an interesting one because he's one of these guys that plays in a, a different role for his country as to what he does with, with his club. Um, now I believe um, he, with Amiens, I think it is, that he's, he's at just now, the, he, he sort of plays just ahead of the, the back four. Um, but when he plays with um, South Africa, he's very much a sort of box-to-box type character. Uh, 27-year-old has a, a reasonably decent pedigree. I think there's a concern maybe over the, the sort of finance that's been discussed for a, a guy that's maybe the wrong side of 25. Is it 4 million? 4 million is the figure that's certainly been bandied about. Um, and it is another midfielder. You have to 
um, think about um, if, if we're bringing in another midfielder, it, it signals to me guys like Ross McCrory, mm-hmm. Greg Doherty, their time is up. They, it's time for them to potentially move on to Pastures New and try and create a, a career for themselves out with Rangers. Um, and we thank them for their time, if, if, that, if that comes to pass, of course. I just think that Gerard is now looking to bring in guys that have played at a really decent level of football. They're internationalists. They, they've played in a better league than what we have here. Um, and, and he's going all out to try and get these guys to the club. I don't think you can criticise him for that. So if you're bringing in Zungo as another midfielder who is going to be challenging all the obvious guys for those midfield berths that Arfield and Jack and Kamara and Davis are all after, then competition's good. Let's get him in there. Are you happy, Tommy, with four million? for a defensive midfielder, central midfielder, when we're pretty well stocked in that area? Or do you feel as if it's somebody that would bring what we need to finally push for the title? Well, yeah, I think the spread there is somewhere between 3.5 and 4.2, right, if, if you like it, if you like it like that, so to speak. Uh, so it's in there, and I'd be happier if it was the lower end of that, obviously. It's um, a lot of money. It is a lot of money, It's and I'm sick, and I'm not going to go down the, the trite I don't know what I've started to swallow. Um, <laughs> do the trade thing. They say it's a lot of money, especially for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like Rangers are insolvent or something like that. Um, we actually have some money, and we can. Where's pay. the money? Where's the money coming? Where, where's the money? <laughs> we should get like a, a kind of safe go graphic that comes up uh, on the on YouTube when we say something like that. But you know, it's not as if we don't have we don't have money, right? We don't have funds. Of course we do, right? But it's still a lot of money. It's a lot of money for the. I'm going to start changing it and say it's a lot of money for the Scottish game. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, because anything beyond you know, 1.5 million is probably a lot for the Scottish game, right? To be honest with you, I'm probably being generous there. Anyway, not the point. The point is, it is a lot of money for another midfielder, and well, it's just another midfielder, is, is really what I mean. And I think you're right that people like uh, Ross McCoy, Greg Doherty, um, have to look at themselves and say, mm, okay, I'm, I'm maybe edging even further towards the door because I. And again, I, I get the point there about what is Zungu's actual position because it's different for national team versus versus club. Um, and I think you know he's not played for he's not played that many games at a top team. I think he played something like twenty games for. Uh, I'd be practicing this Victoria Guimarish. Oh yeah. Um, there we go. I'm definitely not seeing that again. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then um, I was laughing <laughs> laughing there because Martin's giving me the thumbs up uh, so to speak uh, and uh, and then I think uh, Amien uh, is Amion uh, I'm going to go with Amien because I think it's uh, the, the S is feminine and uh, the name of the team would be masculine so you don't say you don't pronounce the S but um, would be my take on it please write us in that this is Ibrox <laughs> uh, en français <laughs> um, and let us know what, what you think about the pronunciation. We'll do it well. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing that while I click my thoughts. I think he's only played something like 50 odd games there. I, I might be wrong, but it's in there 50, 55, 50, yeah. something like that, right? And that's it. You know, you're mm-hmm. talking between that and uh, Grimarish, it's what, 70 games, give or take. It's not a hell of a lot at the kind of top end for a guy who's 27. So. Mm-hmm. Right, hold on a minute, that's maybe a wee question in there. Um, it's a lot of money. It's more about, you know, where is he going to play? So I was talking about that national versus club position. Is he in front of the back four? Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to play a slightly different system or he sits at the bottom of the pile? Is he a playmaker? Is Stephen Davis in trouble? 
Mm. Is he supposed to go wheel forward? Is he is he there to allow Ryan Jack to go further forward or provide even more protection for uh, a midfield that contains the likes of Joe Lebo who wants to get further forward? Is Ryan Jack's position under pressure? We know Steven Gerrard loves him, but Steven Gerrard also loves standards and squad getting better. So is he a direct challenge to Ryan Jack to say, yeah, you, you raised your, your um, presence and your performances, now do it again, or this guy will take your jersey? Um, do you Kamara. play both? I, I was just about you, you beat me to the punch there, Martin. <laughs> is he a is he a pre replacement for mm-hmm. Glenn Kamara, who looks like the most saleable asset out of that kind of midfield outside Joe Weeble, but I don't think anybody's chasing a Ryan Jack the same way that they appear to be chasing a Glenn Kamara. I um, don't know, by the way, I sold Ryan Jack and football manager for twelve million. So Well, with all due regard to the to the values of that. <laughs> uh, I, I will. Uh, I will not take that as one of my facts. Uh, but, you, but you know what I mean. It's starting yeah, to. Look at, yeah. yeah, we're we're all, we're all about improving the squad now with real quality jersey grabbers, as opposed to people who fill it out. But who does he? Who's he going after? Is he going after Ryan Jack? Is he going after Glenn Kamara? Is he going after Steve Davis? Now, I don't know. I'll, I'll freely admit I don't know Zungu's passing ability. Right, uh, by and large, I don't know if he's an actual an actual baller. Or he's a breaker up or right type of thing. Um, if he's a baller, then Stephen Davis is the one that should be worried because Davis is coming towards the end of his career. He was running out of steam a wee bit. And if somebody else can do the job, he's 27 and you just spend a couple of million on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that might be you, you bring Stephen Davis out just for those kind of core, really, really important games. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see if Sungu does sign, and it's still a, still a, an if, but he does sign. Uh, where he, who may goes out the door? Who maybe goes out the door next? And it would sound, I'll take a punt at it, right? Because that's the, you know what we like to do. You would think he's a bit of a replacement for Glenn Kamara. Absolutely. But listen, we have to move on to the final topic tonight, gents. Because do you know what tonight's flown in? And I don't know if it's just because the proper host is back. I don't know. Um, I don't think it is that at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're all just we're just desperate away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, guys, um, we're going to preview a league game. I know. We, we started... done that more dramatically. I'm sorry, I didn't have that plan. <laughs> we started the podcast to preview and do post-match That's games, right. and we managed to. So, um, Scott, Aberdeen on Saturday. Um, yep. Before we get into the game, what are we expecting for the start of this season? You know, first few games, are you expecting Rangers to be uh, at it, you know, passing, dribbling, shooting, everything to be on for them? Or are you expecting it to be dug in, especially against Aberdeen, because we know how Aberdeen play? I think, well, I, I think that um, the Aberdeen game traditionally always is just a bit nasty. Um, you go up there and it's the strongest they survive, frankly. Uh, I think we'll go up there with a, a bit of a, a steely attitude. It'll be really, really strange going to Pataudry and not getting dogs abuse for the minute you get off the bus. <laughs> um, I think that'll be a, a new phenomenon for them. I genuinely do. Uh, as, as a leveller, you know, I mean? we, we hear that term so often in, in football seasons, how things are levellers. It absolutely is a leveller. And it can work both ways. It can work against us or it could work for us. Um as far as the way we're going to play, I saw something this week. I don't know if the guys have seen it. Uh, I, I saw on the, the Club TV channel an interview with Stephen Gerrard yesterday. There's a persona about him so far this season 
that looks a little bit, I don't want to say fed up, but he looks like he's not going to tolerate a lot of bullshit this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely think he's going to set out his camp to play and play to win every single game, regardless who the, the opposition are, and he's going to put them out with a bit of a an attitude and a swagger that perhaps we, we only saw sporadically last season. I think he's going to expect the first six months that we got last season for the duration of the of the 2021 season. I am reasonably confident just now, regardless of whether Morelos plays or not at the weekend, that we'll go to Pataudry and get a positive result. I'll tell you who doesn't take any bullshit, and that's Mrs. Patterson, because she is doing the dishes regardless of what she, you're doing. I think she's making herself toast and tea. <laughs> Herself, toast and tea. So, Tommy, the biggest question is, does that mean that Scott's got a couch in his kitchen? <laughs> well, I've, I've long, uh, I've, I've long uh, questioned in my mind both Scott's sartorial and decor choices. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know whether I should now blame, blame his, his good lady. I think uh, uh, Mrs. Patterson. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Patterson is the, is the one to look to. So, <laughs> I for help. <laughs> and uh, we, we have to we have to look into that uh, and so uh, uh let's let's swiftly move on oh. i don't think i could slag anybody's choices of clothing to be honest with you so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna pay it off uh, t- tommy i won't ask you for a starting lineup and i won't ask you either scott because i think we've got a rough idea of what a starting lineup's going to be yeah um I mean, what are you expecting for saturday to win mm. And Rangers to actually put in a pretty good performance. I think uh, Rangers will dominate the midfield. Aberdeen will look to do their usual because I don't think they can play any other way. I don't think they have a massive change to them. Although it'll be interesting to see Dylan McGear in the midfield. Um, not not a bad player, it has to be said. Yeah. Uh, but I think Rangers will come out of the traps absolutely roaring. More so than, than ever. I think Rangers will go right for the jugular from moment one. It, I know that the there's no fans, so there's nothing to silence. But I think Rangers will treat it like there, there are fans there and they want to shut them up. And they want to shut them up by banging in goals and getting out of sight. What Rangers then need to do is keep the head and not get nervous if Aberdeen get one back or something mm-hmm. like that. Or more importantly, if Aberdeen get a scrappy first goal, not a panic, throw the season out with the bathwater. Yeah. And I can say, oh my God, start launching it long. Stick to the game plan, gentlemen. You are better players than they are. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Out with that, Interesting to see how the first couple of very, very heavy challenges from Aberdeen players and Rangers players are treated by the referee because we know that they know what is at stake for the division this season when it comes to who's going for titles and all that. So it's really important that the referees start where they intend to go on. Listen, we could go on about referees for the next hour and a half, but Scott, I'll just really quickly put this question to you before we come back. Aberdeen be it harder or easier for referees to make the same mistakes they've been making with no fans? How much is it going to change the referee? I, I think that you can't deny there's, there's, there's definitely occasions we've seen it in games um, at Ibrox or we've seen it on the TV where there's maybe been um, decisions that are maybe assisted by the supporters in the background. And that's just the way of it. That is, that's absolutely just the way of it. Um, I think ultimately what we're looking for though Martin is, is the referees just to get the big decisions right do you know what I mean I, I, it sounds really really simple but I feel it's like something we say 
almost too regularly on this podcast. This is Ibrox. Right, Tommy, Saturday, Aberdeen Rangers, half 12 kickoff. Give me the score. Aberdeen 1, Rangers 3. Goal scorers? Couldn't give a monkeys about Aberdeen. Um, some seagull flying by. Just give, me, just, give me the, in fact, just give me the first goal scorer. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. Joe Aribo. Aribo. Scott, score line and first goal scorer. 2 0 Rangers, Hadji. And a token fiver on McKenna trying to absolutely snap Morelos in the first half. Yeah, I'll go with that one. I'll and probably that. getting away with it. Yeah. Well, the selection of Aberdeen fans having been allowed, allowed into the game or broken in with aye. some. It says something against uh, against against. Hey, well, if either Arebo or Hadji score first on Saturday, one of you two is getting a cuddly teddy. There you go. Uh, I don't that the sound of that. Is that a euphemism? Surprise. No, 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 no. Like, listen, before we go, because um, Tommy looks really scared. Um, I don't like the sound of this cuddly teddy, to be honest. With you. <laughs> I'm now hoping that Joe Arebo starts on the bench. <laughs> um, it's coming up to the, your, your last chance to enter, I think for the Fantasy Football Scotland team. And on the This Is Ibrooks page, I think we've got well over 300 participants now. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you go on after the Aberdeen game, you'll see how glorious my team is that I have picked, apart from one or two players, which I was forced to pick. But, Tommy, this is the first time I've ever done anything like a fantasy football thing. I've never done it before. But, um, it's actually quite... Yeah, yeah, and I need to pick my I need to pick my team. I won't lie, uh, it's still running through uh, the big algorithm machine. I'm like Professor Fink here at the Simpsons, uh, and I'm running it through the machine, and it's punching out the right numbers. So I'll probably end up with some. Oh, uh, you know, I'll get really. It's just it's as simple as that. I'll be in a relegation dogfight and sacked at Christmas. Um, yeah, so yeah, Graham Murray's coming in to take my fantasy football team over halfway through the season. Uh, so yeah, get, I get involved, get get on board. It'll be good yeah. to see who. Um, who ends up on top. I'm certain that the listeners or the, the watchers or the people jumping in will absolutely trounce us. That is the one certainty <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the season. Um, and then I should say the other side of my personality, you are all playing for second because I'm going to rob you. <laughs> well, if anybody wants any information on it, head over to you can get us on Twitter at This Is Ibrooks. Facebook, just search This Is Ibrooks. Instagram, which is my favourite, is at This Is Ibrooks. Um, the podcast is now uploaded on YouTube, on Facebook. Sometimes it's a little bit longer to get it on Facebook. Facebook, keep my videos on. And you can also download the podcast from Acast, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Scott, Tommy, episode 20, done and dusted. It's been a pleasure. Well done, Martin. Monday Rangers. Yeah, let's get the season started. Cheers, guys. 3-0 Rangers, had your first goal scorer. Thanks very much for listening and watching, and we'll speak to you next week. How does it offer a free beer sound? Well, all you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash this is Ibrooks and cover just 5 95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. You can be sipping eight totally different craft beers sourced and created by the good folks at Beer 52. Not only that, but they'll drop it right to your door so you don't even need to leave your house. If you're looking to stock up on beer, now's your chance. Since 2014, Beer 52 have been on a quest to find the best beer money can buy anywhere on the planet. They are now the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. 
Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is for you. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account any time you like. And also, for every listener and viewer who signs up to Beer52 using promo code ThisIsIbrox, you will be helping support the club we all love. So, just go to beer52.com forward slash ThisIsIbrox to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash ThisIsIbrox. Thank you for your continued support. 